Hey, hello everyone. It is time for show and tell here on Adafruit. Uh, I'm John Park, your guest host tonight, and I'm really excited uh, for the show that we have coming up. It is going to be hot, and partly that is because it is 106 degrees Fahrenheit outside right now here in Southern California. What the hell? Uh, all right. Enough of that. I'm going to drink some cold water and bring on our first guest, which is DigiKeys, Digi Kevin. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Did you almost say Digifruit? I, I kind of did. Did you? I'm, <laughs> I, I'm I like the ring. That, that sounds great. <laughs> the heat is getting to me already. No, I, what's new? So I just got back from Silicon, which was fantastic. It was absolutely incredible. And we did a few things there. Uh, we did a workshop where we created an Ironman arc reactor based off the Circuit Playground Express. Cool. And that was a lot of fun. And then uh, we actually created where the all of the DigiKey employees wore this arc reactor. It might glow a little bit, but I have this connected to my phone. So it's connected over Bluefruit, the, the Bluefruit Connect app. And then I can change the different colors. And I even have it connected... Uh, with a, a Bluetooth device. I don't know if you you heard the speaker, but yeah. So if I, I push one of these buttons, it'll change the the settings on the device, and then it will play some cool little Iron Man uh, sayings. That it was just kind of fun. Yeah, you have the speaker on your hip, and then you know play some cool things. Neato. And what's the case? It looks like you've. Uh, is that actually wire wrapped or is it? Yeah, it is actually magnet wire wrapped. That's I cool. did that just to make it look pretty realistic ish. That's excellent. And I know the lighting is, it's hard to see it. You know, cameras wash everything out, but and basically so the workshop of this. Well, what was that? Was this a workshop people could do? So the workshop one was a little different. It was a little more simplistic just because to do this one would have taken a few hours in a workshop. But I think I might do that next year just because it was people were so interested in this device. Cool. So this device is using the Bluefruit Express or Bluefruit Circuit Playground. Mm -hmm. And then I also have another NeoPixel ring around the outside just to add two different dimensions. And it, it just looks so cool. I mean, people cool. really enjoyed it and I enjoyed making it. Excellent. Oh, it's really cool. And uh for people who don't know what silicon. So silicon is it was the Silicon Valley's Comic Con. Uh, that's what they call it. It was Silicon with Adam Savage. And there was an entire Makerverse, and they call it the Adam Savage Makerverse, right in the middle of the whole thing. And basically, we donated a bunch of items, and other companies donated things, and people could just sit down and make stuff. That's and great. That, that yeah. was so awesome watching. It, Adam Savage said it perfect. After the first day, he goes, I have never been so excited to see such a mess because people were just <laughs> that's creating really cool things. and. And there's some amazing costumes and creations. That, you know, some of these people that make droids from Star Wars, and the one guy made Wally that was just unbelievable. Oh, we had just such a good time talking to these people and these makers. And how can we get more products like Adafruit products and DigiKey products into these devices? And right, we had a, a whole bunch of the Circuit Playground Expresses that we we're just giving away to people when they came to the booth and were talking to us. And, you know, the amount of functionality in one of those devices is unbelievable. You know, you can, you guys know what it is. You know, you can program it with MakeCode, CircuitPython, Arduino. And it, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's an excellent entry for cosplay types of people. Right. Find a yeah. lot out there for and we're showing them, you know, it's got the accelerometer and the light sensor and temperature sensor. 
everything's built into one device. So it was, it was great. That's so much fun. Well, I hope to make it there next year. It sounds like it was a great time. Yeah, you should. I think you would really enjoy it. It was a good Excellent. time. It was great, great to see you, JP. Thanks so much. Take care, Kevin. Take care. All right. Uh, next up, we've got Michael. Hey, Michael. How's it going? Hello. So what do you got to show us this evening? Okay. So um, I've come on to talk about the uh, Pi 5 ASIC project that I've been working on uh, for the last year and a half or so, a small team, community organized project. Um, it, it, the goal of the project is to bring on um, our design uh, a chip uh, base, uh, based on RISC-V that's going to run CircuitPython. So um, this chip right here in the middle is a custom silicon that was made specifically for the project um, uh, uh, Skywater um, and Google and eFabless uh, put together a, a, an open PDK, which is a, a process design kit. Um, so what that means is people can design chips without having to pay or sign any NDAs or anything. Um, you can just download the tools and go and you can make your own chips, which wow. is unheard of is a new thing. <laughs> really awesome. And as soon as I saw that, I guess it was uh, 2020 early, um, I jumped on it and I went to Twitter. It was like, yes, everybody, I want to do this. I want to make something. Uh, who wants to be on my team? Um, and eventually I, I nerd-sniped a few community members so uh, the biggest collaborator so far and pretty much the workhorse of the project is uh, Sylvan Minot, which is TNT is his handle. He's a hacker extraordinaire, kind of, you know, real big name in the community. And he stepped up and um, he hardened his IP for USB, which is a, it used to be a, a specific requirement of CircuitPython. Um, and we took that from Verilog to GDS, which is the format that you use to, you know, give the chip fact factory, you know, the specifications for your chip. Um, it's like the Gerbers for mm -hmm. chips. And yeah, and there was a it was a battle with the tools and the open PDK <laughs> and a lot of different things, um, but. Yeah, the, the project eventually was taped out, uh, one of the first 40 that, uh, chips that were taped out for free on the, the shuttle. Um, yeah, and then we found out not too long after that, that the, and um, when we got the chips <clears throat> delivered, they weren't functional oh. um, or they weren't supposed to be functional. So there was a whole time violation in the, the timing. And that means usually like the death of chips, um, whole times are really difficult to fix um, post-silicon. Um, but um, we created this, this carrier board here anyways. I helped do the layout for the, the board that's here, which is the breakout board for the chip. And then I designed this board, which breaks it out even further. And then on this side over here, 
reattached an FPGA and then uh, emulated the, the, the serial flash through the FPGA so that we could run a handful of instructions on this guy while, uh, while uh, being able to change the, the core voltages or the voltages of the chip and sweep them along and try to get it to come into time enclosure. Um, and there was some chips you could actually uh, sweep the voltage and find closure enough to run programs off of the emulated um, spy flash. So we actually had um, <clears throat> TNT went on and did a, a, long, a fairly long stream about how we went through that process. And people, we're going to have to cut it for time, but if people want to find out more about the project, then certainly we'd love to have you come on and show more uh, in the future. Where should they go to find out more? Yeah, so uh, we're doing a, a, like a, a, a crowdfunding effort to try to help pay for the development. And you can go to uh, groupkits.com uh, slash campaigns uh, slash 1038 Pi five dash ASIC. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of a, a mouthful. But I think even just searching Pi five ASIC will get people close. Um, yeah, yeah, and there's a there was a whole lot that happened, and there's a narrative here on the page. It tells Great. kind of all of the story from where we were into you know more recently. Uh, MPW seven is coming out, or is landing soon. Uh, uh, then they got to you know send it off to Fab. Uh, tiny tape out was the big thing this uh, this one, and um, I hope to see you know that yeah. come through well, good, as well. Good luck I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, thanks for bringing this on, Michael, uh, and keep us updated. We'd love to see more, and I think you have some other projects too that uh, that we want to see. Uh, maybe even next week, if you can come by. Yeah, thanks so okay. much. All right. Uh, Custom custom silicon. This is wild. Uh, beyond PCBs, it's in, incredible. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, Noah and Pedro coming on. And no, we have Noah. We have no Pedro. We have Noah. Hey, Noah. <laughs> Pedro's walking the dog. Um, yeah, right. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, he's got. He's got. He, we we alternate, so that's how we yes. get the things. Excellent. <laughs> so. So uh, this week's project is a uh, 3D printed case. We got a little Raspberry Pi. Well, not a little, but we got a Raspberry Pi in this little. Oh man, I keep saying the word Love little. It. Maybe it is a little. It's, it's it's small. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea here is to use a, a an SSD drive, an external SSD, and have that be a bootable drive so that we can uh, run it off the USB port. So we got one of these SATA uh, to USB three cables. So we're getting some really good uh, speeds uh, reads in. I want to say feeds and speeds. That's CNC's talk. So. <laughs> yeah. bear, bear with me. But we got a lot of cool features. Um, we got some GIFs running on this this TFT. So it's a 1.9 mm -hmm. is TFT, and it's using the Blinker wrapper. So you can use CircuitPython libraries uh, when you're using a Raspberry Pi. I got mm -hmm. some hardware buttons up here, so you can change these out. And you can switch oh, to nice. these. Um, so we got. And you're GIFs. also running HDMI over to that monitor. Hey, look, there's uh, <laughs> there's, there's Doom, Doom guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am running HDMI. Um, so it's just all the basic ports here. So you got HDMI, um, USB-C for power. You got an auto jack and other things there. Um, but really, um, uh, that's kind of it that we're doing there. Yeah, so I have yeah. the, the HDMI display here. And we're using Plex, which is some um, some software that you can install over the Chromium browser. Mm -hmm. And Server, you can right? run it in kiosk mode. Yeah, so you can do a uh, live stream TV. Um, you can 
play all your videos that you have on the SSD drive. So I have a bunch of our Adafruit videos here, um, but it can tie into Netflix and Hulu and those other services. Mm -hmm. um, some other fun things you can do with the display, other than playing Doom Guy, uh, we can do some some actual useful stuff. Let's see here. So this is uh, the uh, CPU temperature, the IP address, and some memory and disk usage. You can see it's kind of hot there. Um, <laughs> let's see. What is 66C to F? It is 150 Fahrenheit. So Famous. It's a little bit hotter in the pie than it is over there. But I also have uh, this fan, which I, I might not uh -huh. put somewhere else. But hey, it's it's not bad. And um, as far as the fan on top. As far as SSD over USB three, is that comparable to running the operating system off of an SD card? Is it way way faster? Like, what's the trade-offs, or is it just an improvement over the typical? Because you're not you're you're running you're booting right off of that S SSD, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I think there's some some actual data that you could look at that um, Tom's Hardware has. That's actually the, the guide that I followed uh, for cool. for making it a bootable drive. Um, yep. But yeah, in their testing, they, they show that it was pretty good. Um, yep. It was a better better performance than just running it off the, the SSD. Um, mm -hmm. But I still have the SSD back there. So if you want to access that, mm -hmm. you can put a little uh, SD expander expander there That's to so kind of cool. have access to it. Um, it. Did I mention the, the little handle? You got to have a handle. The handle is, is adorable. It's so cute. Uh, and there's a guide out for this already. Yeah, people can go check that yeah, out. Yeah, it's, pub it's published up there. We got files up there. Um, and there's some, some code um, on our Learn repo. So if folks want to uh, use the code there for the display, they can do that. But yeah, all the wiring and, and files are up there on the Learn guide. Great. Uh, so if folks nice got a Raspberry Pi. Thank you. And um, uh, what's. I'm go ahead. Gonna cut us off just because we're running a little low on time. We have a quite a quite a few other people, but thanks so much for bringing that on. Yeah, of course. And, and uh, appreciate it. All right, see you later, Noah. All right, next up we have Liz. Hey, Liz. How's it going? Good. How you doing? Good. Oh, good. Uh, so this week I did a project with Arduino and Unity. Uh, so what's happening, just really quick, is it's sending NindOff sensor, which is accelerometer, magnetometer, um, gyroscope data um, over serial to Unity. And then that data is tied to this 3D object, this bunny. So the bunny is moving around in unison with the sensor in space. And I actually went through and um, calibrated the 9DOF sensor. So there's stored calibration data on the board. And we have a guide for that. And oh, that nice. um, calibrated Euler stuff is what's getting sent to uh, Unity, which is actually the kind of rotation measurements that Unity expects. Uh, so there is a guide on this if folks want to check it out. Super cool. And uh, sorry, the board you're running in there is uh, what's the? So I tested it on a couple different boards. Right now I'm using the Metro Mini V2, but I also oh, have a mounting plate for the Metro M4, and it can run on a Feather or a Cutie Pie too, since it's Arduino. So uh, an M0 or an M4 processor works best, but the 328 mm -hmm. can do the, um, do the smallest uh, calibration model. Uh-huh. That's excellent. And uh, yeah, you said this guide out for, for people who want to learn more and, and uh, yeah. grab a teapot instead of a bunny or whatever they want to throw into Unity. Exactly. Robots, cats, the yeah. options are awesome. limited, really. <laughs> That's great. Really nicely done. Thanks so much for sharing that, Liz. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. Uh, very cool. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got maker Melissa. Hey, Melissa. Hello. 
Uh, so I have a couple of these uh, TFTs combined here. And if you want to go ahead and share my screen, um, I basically have been working on this for like the last month or so. Um, and I'm at code.circuitpython.org. So one of the cool things I'm doing is I'm trying to make it so you can kind of work without it necessarily being connected. So I'm going to just type a quick document here. Uh, let's say like this is my little script. And then something like I don't want to lose this. And let's say, oh, I'm not connected to the board, so I want to connect. And I uh, go ahead and I choose the connection I want. Uh, for this one, I'm going to show you Wi-Fi. And uh, the way that the um, the web workflow works is it has to be uh, hosted on the device itself. So I go ahead and I click here. And it goes and it transfers. And it goes and transfers my, my document onto there. And it has changed the URL to the device itself. Cool. And then I also have device discovery working here. Wow. So you can see what you have currently here, plus any other devices. So if I wanted to switch over to this one, I click it, and it will also transfer my file there, too. And I haven't even saved it yet. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thanks. So I'm going to work on a guide on this uh, probably this next week. Amazing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that guide. I, I can't wait to try this out. The web workflow stuff is uh, kind of mind-blowing. So thanks for all the hard work you're putting into it. And, and no worries. Very cool. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks. All right. Next up, we got Jepler. Hey, Jepler. Hi there. So uh, I forget if I mentioned this on Show and Tell, but I have a friend who is moving away, and he has given me a bunch of cool stuff. And so I was looking at this keyboard that he gave me. Pardon my dust. It's been stored in the basement for a long time. And I thought, oh, cool, a Commodore 64 keyboard. Mm -hmm. And then I looked a little closer, and I'm like, what? What is with these keys? <laughs> so this is actually a Commodore 16 keyboard. Ooh. I don't know if you remember that one. It was a little niche. No. It was a little later on. And then in the meeting just earlier that we were having uh, less than an hour ago, I said, well, why don't I make this keyboard working? So I can't quite get the keyboard here. Here we go. Got it hooked up to a keyboard with RP2040. And now if you want to bring up my screen share, Wow. And you so did like just it, just in the space of since we were in our meeting earlier, I wired it up <laughs> and I'm getting the key presses. And I didn't expect that I would be able to show you that. But yeah, so now I've just got to map out the keys and I'll be able to use this classic keyboard like on a modern computer through USB. And that'll be an awesome like evening project. How about yeah. that? Oh, that's really cool. You know what I would love to know is if you have any tips, uh, maybe you could write up a little something somewhere about um, figuring out that matrix going from, hey, I have this thing, to <laughs> I need to figure out how to plug it in and, and sort of yeah. uh, or map out the topology of the, the matrix. Yeah, so it's got like 20 pins here. And there's actually one that's wrong. Don't tell anybody. I was trying to hide that live on the show. There's one that's wrong. But yeah, you got to figure out the rows and the columns and just yeah. noodle with it until it's right. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> really that takes me hours. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Nicely done. Oh, thanks so much for bringing that on. That's really impressive. And, Thank you. Um, and have fun with your weird semaphore uh, legends on yeah. there, besides the crazy uh, <laughs> arrow keys. Yeah. <laughs> if we had more time, I'd show you another thing with an LED, but uh, Lamar's okay. going to talk about that during Ask an Engineer. So Super. that's cool, okay. too. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Paint Your Dragon. 
Gosh, hi there. I'm in the dark hi. here. That's on purpose. Um, I just wanted to mention, I was at Silicon, had a great time. Um, the genius thing with that Makerverse right in the middle of it is it was one of the few places you could go to sit down. Ah. And so it's like, hey, there's stuff right in front of me, you know, when you're kind of relaxing and uh, you get you get to make things while you're there. That's smart. That was clever. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, you know, I did I did that LED cube project a little little while back that, you know, reacted to gravity or whatever. And there was this really hard math problem I had to solve. But once it was solved, it's like I should be able to apply this to, to other shapes or whatever. So this is just an ugly prototype, but uh, I made like a rain stick type of thing. Ooh. Ah. Yeah. So uh, great. We'll see. Maybe I'll turn this into a project guide or, or not. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I I need to at least prototype the idea to see yeah. if, it was, if it was at least kind of fun to play with. Yeah. So uh, t tell me a little bit about it as far as uh, what's driving it uh, with all these LEDs from a from a microcontroller standpoint or a Pi standpoint. Yeah, I'm using a um, ESP32 Feather, the S3. No reason other than that's just what was right in front of me on the desk. But it could work, you know, any of the 32-bit microcontrollers would have enough sauce to do this sort of mm -hmm. thing. And I happen to use the uh, the NeoPixelate Featherwing because it's like, oh, this looks like it's going to be a lot of pixels. And, I, mm -hmm. and it turned out, no, it's like fast enough. I could have just done it as one big long noodle of LEDs. <laughs> Uh -huh. And if I make a bigger high resolution version, yeah. then I might I might want to do the neopixeling thing. Mm -hmm. But uh for, for if I if the final thing was just this resolution, it's like one one long strand would right. right. And then tell us about the uh incredible DSP or other digital technologies you're using to recreate that perfect sound of a rain audio, right? So this is it's super technical. So I I, I yeah. might lose you here. But I was thinking about like mathematically how you would do that, and someone on Twitter actually gave me the answer. And it's just just stick a, a <laughs> inside there. So that was the quick solution. That's Maybe the I'll win. Do the code version later. But uh -huh. beautiful. Needed something for the demo. Works great. <laughs> I love it. So, well, we're looking forward. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing progress on that, and and uh, as you refine it or do a guide on it, that'd be really cool. Yeah, if it, if it turns out to be something fun, I'll I'll turn this into a yeah. guide so others like can a fun make form like... form factor for for the type of uh, sand type of demo you've done. Yeah, people love particles, myself included. That's really cool. Thanks, Bill. All right, thank you. All right, let's see. Next up, we got uh, Todd Bot here, and hey, hello. Todd. <laughs> yeah, so so um, so I saw this really cool post on the uh, ESP32 subreddit where they, where this guy made this really long NeoPixel display, and each strip of the LEDs was a uh, a MIDI note, basically. So this is this is my afternoon recreating this, and um, hopefully you can hear the audio. And so if you turn on the um, arpeggiator, it becomes uh, very fun. Oh, beautiful! Oh wait, I forgot the diffuser. Yeah. There we go. Gotta have the diffuser. So it doesn't blow it out. <laughs> so you are sending MIDI out to a <laughs> somewhere and you're sending MIDI to your Pico, is that right? Uh, 
Correct. Yeah, this is a this is a USB device. This is a USB device. It's a Pico. We're running CircuitPython, and then there's a Ableton Live off camera that's running. Um, that's basically acting as a MIDI router and playing the, the synthesizer sound. So you can, or just. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'll post the link to the code on the in the in the Discord. <laughs> Love that, and that should scale up to all kinds of uh, different LED uh, setup we'll have with grids and. Totally, yeah, yeah. Like that, it's really fun. Yeah. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> and Todd will post a link up there. Thanks, Todd. Cheers. See ya. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, speaking of synths, we have mouse. Hi. Okay, so I've been working on this modular synth for a while. I showed it off, showed off parts of it before. Yeah. But, uh, if we follow the flying wires here, I have a prototype that I'm working on for a, a, a digital FM synth module. And that's a uh, Feather RP2040 uh, with a digital analog converter chip and a dual op-amp chip. And it's all hooked up. So I'm going to try to play something. It's got a wonky setup here. So I don't know if it'll really care, but let's see. That come through at all? Nice, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's um, I wrote a bunch of firmware in uh, C++ for the um, Feather and uh, got it doing some event synthesis. Uh, it's a long way from being done, but uh, so far so good. That's great. So you're doing, did you say it was a, a two operator FM? It is, it is two operator. Um, it, it's, it sounds kind of, sounds kind of bad and that's how you know it's FM. Um, <laughs> it's hard to tame. That's how you know it's FM. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I used a fixed frequency modulation, so it was, it would be very clear it was FM. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I hope to, I hope to get a single voice with six operator DX7 style. I'm not cool. quite sure that I can, well, I did some benchmarks. I think the, the Feather can handle it. We'll see. Wow. Yeah, that, that would be really cool. Uh, thanks so much for bringing that on. Really okay. uh, impressive work. I love it. We'll see you when you've added more uh, more operators to that, I hope. Yep, indeed. Anytime I have some Adafruit. I'll... Oh, by the way, thanks, Adafruit, for the uh, um, Eurorack to oscilloscope adapter cables. Oh, yes. <laughs> Those are really helpful. I, I use them as well. Uh, I think we got them originally in at the request of some accessibility people to do uh, like oh, a cool. circuit playground, which has the big pads yeah, to yeah. accessibility switches, which happen to use mono 3.5 millimeter as a bit of a standard for connecting buttons and switches and things. So that was their original uh, intent, but they're super useful if you if you have to go from your rack. I also, to... I also bought some step switches because they're old school synth stuff. Ah, and yeah. Ones yeah. that match my modules. So I got some. Ah, excellent. Well, thanks so much, Mouse. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, and I think last up we have uh, Anne, who can bring us home. Hey, Anne. Hi. I had the opportunity to uh, participate in a NASA program called NASA Social. Um, they invited me to Kennedy Space Center this weekend to get some briefings and uh, watch a launch. And uh, hopefully I can show some pictures real quick uh, if you share the screen. And so we got some briefings from uh, astronauts. Um, we got to see the countdown clock oh, and there's uh, cool. SpaceX right there. Um, 
and yours truly got hey, the that's a great photo there. and uh we got the vehicle assembly building the iconic where they build uh apollo and sh and shuttle and now uh, artemis and so they actually let us go in and uh it's huge it's it's oh beautiful God. they make rockets i mean you know wow. what's not to like in here you know so uh after that we uh uh, got to talk to the NASA administrator, Bill Nelson, former Senator Nelson, and uh, he gave us the scoop on things. And then uh, we uh, got to look at uh, Artemis One itself. So uh, they drove us uh, a lot closer and we got some good pictures. And, uh, you know, we were hoping for the launch. And on the way back, um, we saw the crawler transporter, the biggest uh -huh. vehicle in the world that's self-powered it gets a whole 34 feet to the gallon of diesel oh, so geez. it that is beautiful it is huge it can carry oh. 18 million pounds worth of rocket and and tower and everything wow so um you know we got to do some fun things too and uh finally if i can do this to see yeah little, little spinny action here Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So great slideshow. That was really fun. So if you want to to possibly do this kind of stuff with NASA, uh, Google NASA Social or uh, Twitter at NASA Social, and uh, I highly recommend it. Way cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was super special. Thank yeah. you, Ann. All right, and that brings us right to five o'clock. So it is time for Ask an Engineer. Stick around for that on all of your usual Adafruit channels. Thanks, everyone. I'm John Park for Adafruit Industries. This has been Show and Tell. See you next time. Bye-bye.